enchanté. Welcome back, Tidy Whities, to another Two Tight Ends podcast. I'm your co-host, Connor, and with me is a man who thinks Chad Wheeler is just a little misunderstood. It's Neil. hey <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Neil, how's your boy, Chad? He's he's not doing great right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> we will, huh? Um, no, that is not my boy. <laughs> I want to put that out there. <laughs> uh, just for everybody to know, uh, you know, one photo on the internet, everybody thinks we're buddies. No. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> that one photo told a lot of stories. <laughs> All right, whatever. Well, hey, speaking of uh, football, didn't the did the Super Bowl just happen, Connor? Uh, I don't remember it. Yeah, Who? I watched about three mo- most of the fourth quarter, and then I checked out. <laughs> yeah. You just left. Didn't like pretty it much actually. Had a had a baby that needed to eat, and I was like, eh, "It's not worth trying to feed him around the TV." So I'm just gonna dip. Well, to let you know, I don't know if you know this. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did what a lot of people, a lot of people thought, at least in my circles, a lot of people were betting against them, and they went out and not only beat the Chiefs, they they kind of manhandled them a little bit, which we've I don't think we've really ever seen the chiefs get beat like that badly or that handled that well, you know? No, that was, that was a surprise. Like Tom Brady definitely bent the chiefs over his knee and spanked him <laughs> and kissed him right on the mouth. Just like his children. Yeah. Tom Brady and the, the Todd Bowles defense, man, they showed out. I believe this is the first time Mahomes has ever been uh, held to single digits. Uh, yeah. You, you put a stat in here. Yeah, Mahomes scrambled for a total of 497 yards trying to get away from Tampa Bay rushers. Um, yeah, I don't and th- I, I think that does I think that does include his uh, like his rushing yards, basically, like where he was just like scrambling out of the pocket and then yeah. you know would like try to run for a first down. Yeah, and then him going back and forth because I don't think we I don't remember if we mentioned it in the last episode, but he his their starting left tackle uh, Eric Eric Fisher, I believe his name is. He yeah. he was out for the game. And they, I, I'm pretty sure it was both tackles. I think well, yeah, they were well, both out. Well, you're you're correct. I was gonna I was gonna say the Eric Fisher, uh, came got an injure got injured in the last game against the Bills, and then the other tackle has been out for like two weeks. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you were getting there. My bad. And it's all good. But uh, just don't don't do that again, Connor. Anyway, <laughs> don't don't ever <laughs> don't you ever. Uh, so that that wasn't helpful. I mean. I, we did mention how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wasn't helpful. Yeah, not at all. He, <laughs> he, like literally, he had no time to do anything. No, he had he had no time. Literally, I mean, f- almost 500 yards scrambling away. Uh, that's just it, they they had no choice. Like Mahomes had to run around every play, every yeah. play. And I, go ahead. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know who was going to take that. Um, yeah, no, the crazy thing, too, is, I mean, the, the, or I guess the nice thing to see was uh, some of the some of the Tampa Bay guys mic'd up, like, nothing but respect for Mahomes, even though they were shutting him down. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, was it Mike Evans or Chris Godwin? I think it was Evans was like, yo, I'm convinced 
Mahomes is a magician, you know, doing that like layout pass, the spin around pass, like oh my gosh, yeah, he's, the, he's insane. Yeah, he was making play. It was the Chiefs did not lose because of Mahomes. <laughs> that was no, that was not, not at it. all, bro. And oh my gosh, could, hold on real quick, just while I'm thinking about it, if one more ball hit a, a Chiefs receiver in the face mask and they didn't catch it i was about to lose my mind even in the hands i mean yeah to be fair some of them were difficult not the face mask some of the hand like fingertip catches would have been difficult but still like they're there you got to make some of them um but yeah he was making incredible throws falling to the ground Falling to the yeah. ground, making a throw on that throw on fourth down to almost, <laughs> he, and then he's it got to the ground and made like a forty yard throw. <laughs> and, <laughs> what? And then they hit the guy in the face mask, and that was I'm pretty sure that was a fourth down, so they missed the touchdown. Um, but some of those, I think in the first half especially, some of these plays or or, or penalties that were called. Oh my gosh. Like I think that's where it the momentum got away from the Chiefs, and then with yeah. with that pass rush, it, it was just over. And it, like there was there was no recovering from from losing that momentum because I I don't know man it was rough it was a rough day for Mahomes. Yeah no it was insane. I mean we were texting during the whole thing, and I I, I told you I was like man. You can't even fart around these refs without getting yeah. a call. Like this is insane. Yeah, and it was just all in the Bucks' favor. All in the Bucks' favor. It was it was absolutely ridiculous. Which now, granted, don't get me wrong, the you could tell the Chiefs' defense does play a little bit of a hold heavy defense, and like you can, there was some very clear holdings. But like, let the boys play, ref. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at, at some point, you have to have some kind of feel for the game where. Like just let them play a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like well, you called, you've called enough holdings for one game. Yeah, and I think I think even Romo mentioned that as well. It's like, bro, this is Super Bowl. I think he mentioned how, yeah, like like I he was like, I'd rather see him play a little bit. Um, and yeah, the first half there was, and, and the problem is, like some of those plays, like I think one or two, if I remember correctly, uh. I think like, yeah, that should have been called, but then there's like five total plays and then it all gets lumped in together, but they're all against the chiefs and it, and it just does not look good. You know? Yeah. I mean, for, for the, uh, the amount of people that still think Brady pays off the refs or the refs are, you know, (laughs) bought out by Brady or what, you know, whatever it may be, it's not helping the case any when I think after the first half, it was like, when they show, you know, the amount of uh, penalties and then how many yards it's cost them, yeah. the Chiefs were at like 10 and over 100 yeah. in the first half, and the Bucks were at like 1 and 8 or something like that. Like, yeah. it was insane. And and credit not only to the pass rush of the uh, uh, defense of the Bucks, but the – I mean, they were doubling Tyreek every time. They were playing well against yeah. him. He wasn't open. Yeah. That's kind of why another reason Mahomes would have to scramble and then either try to pick it up with his own feet, drop it off to Kelsey if he was even open, which they were doing a good job on him too, even though he had 10 – he had his normal game, 10 and 100. Uh, but Tyreek was almost – Casual. Ne- yeah, Tyreek was almost never open. And then, like we were saying, even in dire situations where Mahomes would get it to a receiver, it would knock him in the helmet, and he wouldn't even catch it. Yeah, it was just bad football all around from the Chiefs, mm-hmm. honestly. And but, hey, credit to the and credit to the the 
the uh, Bucks offense. They were a well-oiled machine, rushing over yeah. them. Pat like Brady. It was, it was the perfect Super Bowl from the Bucks stand standpoint. You know, yeah. And man, you could see the frustration in the the Chiefs defense, especially Tyron Matthew, because I mean. He, he pretty much is like, he's like kind of the heart of the defense. Mm-hmm. And to see him kind of boil over, I mean, it just, it just, just completely shifted their, their mental, I think. And it really hurt them. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, oh, that was a, that was another penalty when they got in their, each other's faces, Tyron and Tom Brady. Yeah. yeah. There was a penalty called on, on Matthew. I'm like, well, Brady gave it right back. Why isn't he? Why isn't he getting a? a well, and that's. Right? I think. I think again, it was Romo or one of the one of the other commentators. They kind of mentioned the fact that the problem with the Chiefs too is like they were retaliating, but they were the ones getting caught. Mm-hmm. That was the issue too. Was like, the, I mean, you saw what was it, Jensen or whatever, uh, the 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 center for the Bucks. Yeah, he was getting chippy from the get go, and the Chiefs would try to give it back to him, but they would get called. Right. Yeah. And like that's the problem is you got to you got to kind of hold that mental you got to kind of keep it together or else. But but in this I mean, case, you're the ones that are gonna get got caught. In this case, it was honestly Tom Brady that retaliated, and they oh did, yeah no totally and and they didn't shove or anything they just got in each other's faces. But then Matthew was the only one that got called. I don't know. I didn't like that one. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't like that one either. And I did uh, I did put this in the the Discord. I will say that uh, what's her I don't want to I don't want to mess up her name, but I think it's it's Sarah Thomas, right? She was the first. And only female ref, uh, yeah, Sarah I don't, Thomas. Yeah, I don't remember her name. Okay, Sarah Thomas. Yeah, she, she was the she was the female ref in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, her son's name is Brady. Coincidence? Hmm. I think not. Hmm. And I I think I sent it to you that the the head ref for this team he during the season he had the most uh, he had the the highest average for most flags thrown per game this year. So that's, yeah, well, that's maybe I don't know. I I just from from, I mean, obviously just being around sports like my whole life, and then also working in sports and different things like that. Like, you got to have some feel as an official. And man, this there was absolutely no feel in this game whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll say it again: let the boys play, ref. Come on. Yeah, but hey, congrats to the Bucks. Congrats to Brady. To if he wasn't the goat already, which I I think he was, but. This definitely solidifies it um, <laughs> for sure. And then and I don't know about you, but seeing Brady on a different team, I don't know why I don't hate him as much. Like I still don't particularly like him, but yeah. I don't hate him as much. And seeing yeah. him and Gronk connect for two DD, two TDs, just yeah. like the old days. It was pretty fun. It was it. Yeah. You think that <laughs> I don't need this shit, <laughs> but Hey, Brady and, and Gronk, a couple, a couple interesting things. Brady had never thrown a first quarter TD in a Super Bowl till this one. Um, wow! And then Gronk, I think, is the only player to ever score a touchdown in five Super Bowls. Jeez. Um, and then they also passed Montana and uh, Rice for the most playoff uh, touchdowns by a tandem. So yeah, lots of lots of history wow. being made. Yeah. Oh, and that was for a postseason tandem, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Postseason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, postseason playoffs included. But mm-hmm. even still, that's nutty. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, there was a streaker during the Super Bowl. That was fun. Always good. There time. was, and there was a little bit more to that story that came out later. So apparently, he took place in your 
stupid prop bets or whatever um but yeah he placed like fifty thousand at a uh a plus 750 that there would be a streaker and so the ultimate payout and this is after he also had to make a thousand dollar bail was like 374k so not too bad for getting tackled and arrested at the super bowl yeah he pretty much bet on himself and apparently he he had his friend go out first and then get yeah. caught like super easy, and then he came out after. Yep, yep. He had it was all planned out. It was like watching Ocean's Eleven unfold. He had the <laughs> he had the friend go out and distract him, and then he made his move. But they had already got the 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 gems already in the car. <laughs> but little did they know, they are the police. Exactly. Um, yeah, at the some of the Super Bowl celebration. They had an interesting parade this year uh, in Tampa Bay. They had like a a boat parade, so everybody was, was like cool. out on boats. It was cool. It was fun. Very Florida. Very cool. Yeah, I liked it. And then Tom Brady threw the Lombardi Trophy. Oh my gosh! From his boat everyone, to I think boat. everyone's heart. Yeah, I think everyone's heart stopped when they watched that video yeah. for the first time. And Cameron Brait was on the receiving end. He said, "If he dropped, if he had dropped it, he would have had to retire." Wait, was it Cameron? Bra- I thought Gronk caught it. No, I'm pretty sure it was Brait. Oh, it must have been Gronk's boat. I think I because I, I read something. I read Gronk's name in there. Hmm. I thought it was. But, I thought it was. I, mean, I don't know if I, I. don't. I don't know if. Uh, I don't know if I trust Brait to catch that as much as I would Gronk. To be honest, <laughs> but he did. He got it. And but then he did. The best is uh, when they got off the boat and Tom Brady's stumbling, and everybody's like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh, his sea legs." <laughs> It's so yeah, funny. apparently it was a little too much avocado tequila or something. <laughs> I've never even heard of that. That was Some awesome. Boozy, boozy shit over there. It was. But it was cool to see. It was a lot of. It looked like a lot of fun. Um, it's also nice to see Tom Brady as like a human. It's like, oh yeah, he gets yeah. plastered too. Yeah, and then I I saw he was on. Um, I saw a video going around again from his time on what was it Fallon. And he, he did a chug contest with um, with Fallon. And same thing. It's like, oh, it's interesting to see that he's actually, yeah, he's chugging beer with Fallon. You know, he's not this robot that only eats, you know, avocado <laughs> tequila. No, avocado toast. Yeah, yeah. yeah avocado but, toast and just a well-oiled machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So that was cool. Um, but some other NFL news. It came out that Breeze is going to stay with the Saints for a one-year vet minimum contract. I believe that's what I saw. Yeah. And I, I mean, we have a lot of quarterback news to talk about apparently, but yeah, I guess, so I guess Breeze is going to stay with them. And my initial thought was, okay, the saints are trying to make moves because they're trying to unload or they're, they're just trying to like move some money around basically. So I think they're just trying to make some moves so that they can try to secure Breeze a championship. Another one, I should say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I pulled up a ESPN article here and it's saying that, yeah, they are going to reduce his $25 million contract to a veteran minimum of $1 million, trying to free up that cap space. But it's actually not – it's still not confirmed or denied if he's going to come back yet. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So they are they are trying to make moves in in, in that case if the, he does come back, I guess. Yeah, this? I, that's that. so... I guess I just read the contract change. But I think that's the point of it is, like, still get him to come back, but – we're going to try to use some of that other money to, you know, maybe entice some other people yeah. to come, which is pretty scary because their team is already, I know they lost this year, you know, not, you know, didn't want the ending they, they wanted, but their team is already really good. So you free up oh, that yeah, 20, their team's, their team's already incredible. $24 million. They, like, 
<laughs> yeah exactly but yeah just think if they take some of that money and patch up some of the holes that they have yeah. like the very few that's what i'm saying there's not even that, that many have. holes so exactly but yeah there'll be a solid solid wall at that point mm-hmm. uh other qb news went um i mean we've talked about how the hiring we thought it was a hire to keep once now he will on his way out um a lot of people are calling for the colts uh brent in particular shout out our best producer brent uh, he mentioned the Colts. Now there is a connection there. Frank Reich is the coach over there, and he was the offensive coordinator for the uh, for Wentz in his MVP year. And when they went to the Super Bowl, um, he was the offensive co- coordinator over there. So and the Colts are in need of a good quarterback. So that's true. it makes sense. They're in the market for it. Um, I so think I like that. I like that. I like. I think it's the probably the best option for Wentz. I don't know if it's the best. It's probably not the best option for the Colts just because of that contract. We talked about it before, just because of that contract. Even right, if you take a chance, right. that's that's such a huge contract. Um, but it's probably the best situation for Colts or for Wentz to get back with his old coach. Um, yeah, some familiarity. And I was trying to think of like, yeah, exactly. And I was trying to think of any other team that might mm-hmm. try to make a play for him or try to might might try to do that. And I really can't think of any other like decent landing spot for him that's the other thing the colts is just a plug-in a quarterback let's say Wentz, but any quarterback they're just a plug-in play like their team is already yeah. really good and they have a nice yeah. offensive line good defense nice some some nice they, targets and they went i feel like they went kind of like under the radar this past season like no one was really talking about them but they were playing really well yeah and so yeah i think it's just... also because they just didn't have any like standout players kind of like you know mm-hmm. ty had kind of been a standout player for them in like recent years and he just wasn't doing much this season, but like overall, they were a good team. Yeah, yeah eleven and five, and, and like I'm saying, dude, they just had to drop a quarterback in there, and they're right back to probably around eleven and five, uh, if not yeah. better. If they get a better QB, we'll see. Um, but f- hopefully, Frank Reich. If this happens, yeah, the familiarity there helps that out. Um, yeah, Russell Wilson's on his way out of the Seahawks, right, Connor? Yeah, so apparently <laughs> it's uh, come to light that Russell Wilson has become uh, more and more frustrated with the Seahawks not protecting him, and um, apparently it came out that what that meant was that he was just getting hit too much, and I believe that Chad Wheeler's ex-girlfriend would also agree with that. Oh my God. Uh... Got it. I did it. <laughs> still got I it. Did the, I did the domestic violence joke. Twice. <laughs> Twice. Twice. Well, I got to do it on air. I did it in our Discord, but the people got to hear it. Yeah, yeah. You need an audience for it. <laughs> <laughs> attention whore. Um, Listen, I'm, all I'm saying is the stars aligned and it had to happen. <laughs> the stars aligned. You don't, you don't you get fo- these chances No, no, no. no. You forced the stars. You. No, I didn't. Yes, did. Listen, Chad Wheeler news came out along with Russell Wilson news coming out, <sighs> and it, it, it was right there for for the picking. Okay. Well, All right. Well, anyways, Chad Wheeler or not, anyway, if people he still don't, gets hit a if lot. People, if, it's true. If people don't know, though, the point of that is that Chad Wheeler is was released by the Seahawks and under investigation for abusing his ex-girlfriend. Now ex-girlfriend. All right? Is that is that what you want? Yeah, he's, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> exactly. And that is why Andrews is concerned about him. Because <laughs> he's his boy. And he's going through a hard time right now. Because pieces of shit got to stick together? No. <laughs> God, what are we doing here? Um, no, but Russell Wilson in his 
what nine years i think in the nfl has been the has been has had the most qb hits and i want to say pressures i think it's just qb hits um in the nine years he's getting older i mean yeah part of the thing is he's great outside of the pocket but come on man there's only so many hits in, in a person's career that they could take um yeah now does this i mean it's just uh, this is this is obvious like everybody knew this stat coming into the season like everybody knows this it's just interesting to hear it from russell wilson's camp now is this sierra in his ear being like yo like let's go somewhere better than seattle baby baby, you get hit too much i don't like it (laughs) i don't like it look at this tom i don't like seeing tom brady doesn't get hit like look at him (laughs) you're so much better than tom (laughs) i'm better than giselle we know this exactly um now is this going to turn into something like into oh he demands a trade uh at this point i don't think so but it is interesting for his camp to come out and publicly say it um so obviously i think he's just trying to really get some attention on it really have the the seahawks pay attention to it and try to fix it now you know yeah yeah exactly and i actually saw something recently that said I think it was that the uh, Cowboys are actually trying to make like a play for him and do some like big blockbuster trade to try to grab him. So here's the Cowboys just came out with a hype video. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, Dak Prescott, not in that hype video. Hmm. Oh, true. Hmm. Coincidence. I think not. Exactly. Well, yeah, well, Dak is still trying to get paid, but, um, that would be I would hate that, honestly. I would if Wilson went to the Cowboys, I would I would despise that so much. I would try to petition yeah. it. Try to get it. <laughs> oh, I can't even I can't even like picture Russell Wilson in a Cowboys jersey either. It just feels so wrong and dirty. Yeah. Stay in Seattle, if anything, please don't don't go. Yeah, this. seriously. <laughs> um yeah, that's our that's our QB news. Um now the Hall of Fame uh inductees this year were announced and some big names on there uh let's see some notables is that i want to point out calvin johnson he now he definitely retired early but i mean he had an amazing career megatron yeah kind of wish he maybe didn't retire so early maybe went to a new team or something but hey he he decided to do it uh, do it, I mean, retire early, and he had an amazing career. Obviously, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, John Lynch is in there, the GM for the 49ers. People didn't know that. He's awesome. He played for the Bucks. He, I believe, he was on the championship team back in 2000. Um, and and Peyton Manning right. got in. Peyton Manning gets in there as well. Yep. I mean, that's a no brainer. Yeah, that was an obvious. <laughs> that was the one. easiest. Um, and I wanted to to also mention Charles Woodson. I thought yeah. that was really cool when I read that. Yeah, he's in there finally. That one, that one's a pretty. I mean, as far as cornerbacks go, that's pretty no brainer. Charles Woodson. Oh, totally. Yeah. I just, I honestly, I kind of forgot about Charles Woodson, and then when I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, of course he's gonna be yeah. in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. That dude was incredible. Yeah, he was awesome. Um, so yeah, some really. He was so fun to watch. Really nice, really nice class this year. Some, uh, yeah, some good guys. Um, now, the Texans are. I think they're just imploding in on themselves at this point. They just released JJ Watt. Oh boy. <laughs> Where? Well, okay. They just released JJ Watt 
because J.J. Watt requested to be released. He, I think he pleaded with them, please let me go. Well, he, he, I think he requested, yeah, to be let go, whether that's a trade or not. It, it kind of doesn't help that these rumors have been circulating all season, and because now they're, they're like, now every other team's like, well, he wants out. We're not going to trade for him because you're probably going to cut him, so we'll just pick him up then, you know? Yeah. So Yeah, it's true. Because to not get anything for J.J. Watt, who's still under contract for one or two more years, I think it's one, um, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty rough. <laughs> I saw yeah. I saw a tweet that was like, hey, at least if uh, if uh, Bill O'Stooge was still there, he'd get a, a box of crackers for J.J. Watt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, and I, I think I sent you something earlier that I mean, so a few a few more of these are way more egregious. But like we've got uh, basically in the past year, Houston has lost a lot of star power, is how they put it, and it's listed DeAndre Hopkins, James Harden, George Springer from the Astros, Russell Westbrook, and JJ Watt now, and Watson's pretty much right behind them. So. Yeah, I don't really know what's... I mean, granted, we know what happened with DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson. Like, the, the, that whole team is just a mess. And we, you know, figured... Like, we've, we've all been around the Russell Westbrook and James Harden news. And, I mean, George Springer just went and signed with another team. But, like, even still, it's true. Like, yeah, Houston has lost a lot of stars recently. And it's it's uh, pretty, pretty scary. It's kind of yeah. interesting that... I don't know what's going on in Houston, but it ain't good. Yeah. Now the thing about Watson is he, if the Texans want to be petty or hold their ground or both, they, and they could not trade him and they could just find him. If Watson sits out, cause that's also been rumored that if he stays on the Texans, he would sit out. Uh, yeah, but they could just sit there and find him for, every game like technically they could just sit there it, he is under contract for years like the, he's technically okay owned is probably not the right word there but he's under <laughs> he's under contract for them as far as football career goes he's kind of owned by the texans so right, right. they could be petty and just sit there and find him half more than half a million dollars a game and, and just recoup some of that contract and just like be petty about it or wait until a really good deal comes. And so this could be this could get dragged on. I could see that happening. Is that this I think if Watson really if Watson sits out and if the Texans get petty, I think this could we we might not see a trade for I don't know, a half of a year, maybe longer. Like yeah. I, I could see both both sides button heads but nobody's moving, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel I feel for Deshaun Watson, and I, yeah, I don't know. the The nice thing is, obviously, teams are very interested in him. I just, yeah, who knows what the Texans will hold out for? I mean, I know uh, Brent also brought this up, and I had seen this that I guess the Panthers had actually made a move for uh, Stafford when he was on the trading block. They'd offered up Bridgewater and I think the fifth overall pick and a fifth rounder for Stafford, yeah. but the Rams were obviously more enticing. Yeah, the Rams and, well, uh, there was Goff, two first and a third, right? Exactly. Yeah. So obviously more enticing, and there were some other teams in the mix there. I think with some a little bit of better trade packages, but I don't know. I mean, the Panthers could be in the mix for Watson. That we, we've talked about them. Uh, it also, I think I read today. Oh my gosh! Excuse me. Um, I think I read today that the 
I think that he, he's more interested in uh, possibly landing at like the 49ers than he is like the Jets or someone else that previously it was rumored that he was really interested in. So anyway, so, yeah, I don't know. So Varsity Connor happen, actually but... told me, shout out Varsity Connor. He told me that the Jets rumor came from a Miami Dolphins beat writer that uh, likes to troll people. And and so oh, that, interesting. that could be where that Jets rumor came from. Um, oh okay okay but um yeah i don't i think watson what if what if watson and wilson gets traded straight up <laughs> i mean they could the problem is it's possible with uh with the texans is even though they have a nice left tackle uh tunsil still there uh, the rest yeah. i mean they're kind of in the same boat is they they give up a lot of sacks give up a lot of hits so yeah that's true that that is the issue for russell that, plus with everything going on in houston i'm sure russell has some kind of yeah russell's like no no no, no, no trade clause but I, I don't know if he has a no trade clause but like i'm sure he has something in his contract where he kind of gets to pick and choose where he goes if if he were to yeah but yeah russell's probably like no no, no, no I'll, I'll stay here please don't send me to texas please <laughs> exactly don't send me to houston houston yeah houston. yeah um then they're like okay we'll send you to the jets then <laughs> <laughs> exactly we'll banish the um yeah man that's some nfl news super bowl was interesting to say the least uh but let's move along to some nba news man we got a lot to talk about here Whew, yeah, where sure. to begin connor you did you see the uh ending to the trailblazers 76ers game last night um you sent me the the ending so yeah <laughs> i of. just did did you watch it i did yes I did. yeah so uh i want to talk about that a couple things from that game i mean it was a good game philly and portland kind of going back back and forth the whole game damian lillard had a lillard kind of night i believe he had 30 points mellow though dude he had i think ended with 24 and he had 17 in the fourth man vintage mellow sorry can you say carmelo because mellow makes me think of Lamelo. it's kind of confusing <sighs> Are we going to do this right now? <laughs> this is where you want to go? This is where you want to really? take it? You're going to die on this hill? <laughs> uh, maybe. Okay, Carmelo. No, 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 Mello. I've died on a lot worse hills, so yes, probably. <laughs> yeah, Mello looking vintage Mello last Mello night. Mello Sr. Mello Sr. Yeah, 17 in the fourth quarter, man. He was on fire. Um, yeah, but, he was lighting it up. I did. I did see the like the box score afterwards and yeah. some of the highlights from Carmelo, and it was it was fun to watch him. But yeah, this last play that I wanted to talk about too from the 76ers, man, they they had it with um, what was it? Uh, three seconds to go. Three three seconds to go. Inbounding it on their side of the court. Uh, it was tied. No, 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 not tied game. Philly Portland was up two, right? It was a weird drawn up play, but then Ben Simmons kind of kind of telegraphs the pass, look at Tobias Harris like kind of the whole time he was running, and throws it, and then it was an easy pickoff for Robert Covington. And it was like it was just like a bad play the whole time, man. I just was like, what yeah. are we doing here? Um it's interesting though, because the 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 play before, um uh, with the the Portland when Portland was on offense, they actually it was tied and they mellow was kind of dri- or not mellow damian Lillard was dribbling the ball around uh you know uh, bringing the clock down and then they it was about five seconds left and they fouled him um uh, you know because they, they had one to give uh 
Now that yeah. that happens a lot. But in this case, right after they fouled him, he got the ball back, inbounding it, um, and then he he kind of drove in, and they called a foul on it. So it's like, okay, in this situation, that doesn't look great because yeah, you just fouled the guy. If you had kept that foul to give, now this one would have would have been fine, and he wouldn't be shooting. Right. And then right. he, he got the shot. So I just think that that was interesting. That's that's one of the few times because it's pretty common to to do the foul to give to. Right, right. To kind of stop the momentum, but that was that was an interesting play. Yeah, man, that was a weird one last night. I don't know. A lot of people saying, uh, <laughs> I saw saw some people comparing Lamelo, like people are like, oh, move over, Tom. It was vintage Melo last night. I'm like, oh, okay, those are completely different things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, very different things. Tom Brady looking great in the Super Bowl is a little different than Melo showing up in the regular season, <laughs> but. Especially because Tom Brady's been pretty consistently great. Yeah. And Melo has had his a little bit of his ups and downs that, towards the end of his career. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that was, that was. But it is always fun to see vintage Melo. It it's is, great. Dude, he's when he's on, man, he, he's he's good. He's fun to watch. Um, yeah. But yeah, dude. Also, I want to talk about Kobe White and Zach Levine making history. Who? Just kidding. Oh, what? <laughs> um. Yeah, so the other night, Zach Levine scored 46. Kobe White scored 30 against uh, New Orleans, who they actually beat them. Now, this is the first time in history that two players scored eight threes in the same game. Jeez. That was crazy. Really? Yeah. Even that is actually wild to think about, like, you know, the Splash Brothers, I guess, mm-hmm. if you will, like, being known. that Like, that's what they're known for and Usually, not even I mean, doing that. Even for the Splash Brothers eight's a lot so like and usually when when the, the splash brothers would go off i i remember it's like you know steph would have 10 or 11 but clay's not having eight with on the same game you know right so right yeah oh i mean you, you do kind of ride like the hot hand right typically they're not both hot at the exact right. same time so that's pretty interesting um but yeah i also wanted to bring up zach levine talk talk about him actually real quick let's talk about them both again i had another stat i wanted to bring up so they Please. about that game. They outscored Lonzo Ball and Eric Bledsoe by fifty points on Wednesday. That is the second largest point differential between starting backcourts in a game this season. And then you know who holds the most? Kobe White and Zach Levine against the Sacramento Kings on January sixth. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> so they've been balling this year. Um, yeah. Well, that's kind of leads me to what I want to talk about because I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong because I think we talked about it before we started recording, but I haven't been watching too much basketball this season. I'm mm-hmm. a little off on that, but something that I haven't seen is Zach Levine. I feel like is somewhat going under the radar when it comes to just like having an incredible season, all star talks, things like that. Um, I just feel like he's not talked about quite enough. I mean, obviously he's talked about it enough that people are recognizing it mm-hmm. and posting about it and, and trying to get the word out there, basically. But I did just want to bring up his stats really quick. Yeah. But, I mean, he's he's on average, he's averaging 28.2 points game, 5.3 rebounds, 5.3 assists. And his field goal percentage you say, is wait, over wait, 50%. Did you say it was 22 points a game? 28. Okay, okay. I heard 22, yes. so I was, I was like, yeah, no, yeah, no, so, no. Sorry, I probably said that really fast. But it's like 28, 28, 5, and 5 is basically the, the gist. Yeah. And then field goal percentage is a little over 50%. And then three percentage is like 42.5, so almost 50%. Like, that's mm-hmm. insane. Yeah, 50, 40, and 86 at the free throw. And, you know, that. Yes. The magical, yeah. uh, you know, 
the magical like legend status kind of thing is that 50 40 90 um and And he's he's, like riding that (laughs) right right there all all while scoring 28 a game now this happens a lot with zach levine especially in the last few years is that he's he's improved his game like every year literally i'm looking at his point totals every year it's gone up and it's just he's on the bulls nobody really cares about the bulls he's also doing it on a bad team they're doing a little better this year but still you know losing record um well and i i think to be fair too when you get known for like one thing, that's all you're known for. And I feel like Zach Levine got put in the dunk champion mm-hmm. category where he wasn't, like you said, he wasn't as good of a player, but he was like getting his name recognized for all the dunk contests. And so I feel like people kind of wrote him off as like, Oh, he's a great dunker, but he's not that great of a player. And I think he got almost put into the same category as like a Derek Jones jr where shout out the starters i mean when they were called the starters but i remember they brought up one time where it was like all right and we have Derek jones jr where the only time a year his name starts getting brought up again is like right around all-star weekend and it's true it, i mean you have Derek jones jr who he's not really that great of a, or like as impactful of a player on the court but he's a great dunker mm-hmm. he's a really fun dunker to watch but i feel like zach levine is starting to, to transition out of like that pigeonhole that he was in i mean 28 a game is ridiculous like he (laughs) and here's the thing i was actually thinking about this when you brought it up that you want to talk about it is um i am such a huge proponent like last year i think bradley beal i will die on this hill i think bradley beal got snubbed from the all-star game he had a great year and this year he's an even better year right but the team sucks both years that's probably what it was his detriment last year and that's one of the reasons he didn't get voted in or or selected in and so and so this year i'm like okay bradley beal he's got to make it he's having an even better year right well you look at zach levine and zach levine oh it's not exactly like a bradley beal but still 28 5 and 5 with those shooting things and they're doing better than the wizards now i'm kind of like okay i'm gonna die on this hill too i think zach levine definitely should make this all-star game (laughs) if if i if i feel like bradley beal should then definitely zach levine should right yeah, I completely agree. And I think we have to – I mean, are we are we just not even going to talk about Bradley Beal's comments for, after last night's game? I mean, do you have them pulled up? I don't have them off the top of my head. Yeah, I have them pulled up. Yeah. It's pretty easy. They asked, are you frustrated? And he went, is the sky blue? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, he, you can tell he's frustrated. He's admitting he's frustrated. Like, shoo, I don't know how much longer Bradley Beal's <sighs> going to be in D.C. Sorry to tell you, bud. No, it's – Seems inevitable, unfortunately, at this point. <laughs> You're like, it's fine. I get it. <laughs> uh, I just, I mean, I've talked about it before. Can I blame the guy? No. Um, but that, that kind of leads in me, to me. Uh, I want to talk about r slash Washington Wizards, the Washington Wizards subreddit. They have been on one this past week, and it's been amazing. So they keep posting memes with Scott Brook photoshopped onto, for example, the Viking guy from the insurrection, <laughs> some gang members throwing up <laughs> gang signs. He's on, he's the guy who uh, captured find, uh, Finding Nemo. <laughs> they, they photoshopped him onto Dwayne Haskins. In the, P. Sherman. His name is P. Sherman, by the way. Oh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, he's gotten photoshopped onto Dwayne Haskins in the strip club. And the sentiment <laughs> the sentiment every time is, wow, Scott Brooks done up gang signs. He should be fired. And then everybody in the comics, wow, oh, this is the last straw. Please fire him. <laughs> Everyone just trying to get him canceled by yeah. really poor Photoshop. <laughs> oh, it's the worst photo. It's always like a, a cutout of his like team picture put on top of With, it. With like the background still there. Yeah. You can like see some guy's knee yeah, in there. Exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, one one was really good. He's photoshopped onto O.J. Simpson in the courtroom, and it goes, "If the if the whiz aren't improved, Brooks must be removed." <laughs> That's really good. That's a good one. Yeah. Um. It just there's a nice little light at the in this dark time, you know. <laughs> I mean, man, who who can't just enjoy some good internet trolling? It's fantastic. I think it's so funny. Some of them have been really like, "Whoa, <laughs> okay." Uh, he he got put in, he he got a terrible Photoshop onto Elon Musk smoking weed on Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is rough. Um, yeah, man. No, Bradley Beal. I mean, they they lost to the Raptors last night. Um. The Raptors, like, it was never even – It were, I would watch most of the game. Wizards were within 10 for most of the game, but it never really felt like the Raptors were out of control. Um, Westbrook had – Westbrook actually played really good for most of the game. And then in the fourth quarter, man, he had a few possessions in a row where I'm just like, what is this man doing? Like, he's jacking yeah. up a, a three in the early in the shot clock when there's no movement. Like, he's – Missing the layup where, I don't know, man. It kind of seems like, and maybe the injuries is a thing, it kind of seems like he's taken another step back this week or this year. And yeah. It hasn't been great for us. Not at all. Would you say his Would you say his like his three pull-up is as egregious as uh, Draymond's from the logo? <laughs> no, no. I'd rather, I'd rather have Westbrook because <laughs> Westbrook can, can make it. <laughs> well, he's not the best three-point shooter. No, no. He's actually, I bet, actually, they're – their percentages are pretty similar. <laughs> Hold on, I kind of want to. We got it. We got to confirm this. Yeah. But while while you're looking that up, I wanted to share you. You actually brought this up, but this is real wild coming out of uh, some Steph Curry stats. Um. So this came up of in NBA history the most games with five threes, six threes, seven threes, eight threes, nine threes, ten threes, eleven threes, and twelve threes is all Steph Curry. Yeah. He <laughs> Which is record. absolutely insane. And he's just a walking bucket, a walking three point machine. Yeah, and the other thing about that is he has made hundred and thirty threes this year. Nobody else is at a hundred. And so he's wild. shooting forty three percent. That is wild. <laughs> that is so it's, wild. It's crazy. What's his field goal percentage? Uh, his normal, I'm not sure. But, he, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna okay, I was now. correct. Uh, Westbrook is a lot better than Draymond, at least this year. Draymond's, Draymond's <laughs> shooting 19% while Westbrook is thir- shooting 34, which is above his career average, <laughs> I will say. Jeez. For some Jeez. reason. Well, okay, so I should say Steph's field goal percentage is not amazing. It's 49%, but, I mean, he's still almost at that. He's, 49 he's, he's also is, very close. 49 for a that's shooter is amazing. Also very, that's true. That's true. But because I, I was going to say that's very close to that 50, 40, 90 that we're talking about. Because he's, yeah. like you said, he's 43 and a half from three and he's 93 from the free yeah, throw. So line. he's what? So, a half percentage away from that. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I should, I shouldn't say it's not great. Yeah. It's, it's great, but it's, it's, uh, he's just not at that, that mm-hmm. elite mark, I guess you could say that, that quote unquote, well, uh, standard, gold standard. Yeah. And he, it kind of takes, not not him to the to the full extent, but like if you get like just a shooter like a um, what's his name Duncan Robinson, usually their two point percentage is way low because they don't really take that many, and uh, compared to the three point percentage, which is really high, and so if you don't really yeah. take a lot of two pointers, then you're it's like skewed that way. 
Um, but he does yeah. take more two pointers than those guys for sure. And he's still shooting pretty yeah. well. Um, you know, again, I love basketball reference, putting literally every nickname that they've ever been called in, in their career on here. Cause I totally forgot that Steph was known as the baby faced assassin at one point. <laughs> and I have never heard him referred to as threeses, but apparently that's one of his nicknames. Threeses. That's so weird. Threeses. Well, I got Zach Levine still pulled up. You want to know what his are? Oh, I do. 100%. Young Hollywood, which what he's he played at UCLA, I guess. I don't know. Okay. okay. Right, and then the other one is Flight Eight, which I don't love the ring of it, but it makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, those are those meh. Things. Meh. <laughs> those are those are meh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll take them. Um, but meh. the uh, speaking it's about fine. Bradley Beal, the trade trade deadline is heating up uh the rumors i should say are heating up trade deadline is in about a month and a half and now the organizations i think that some of the hottest uh names for trades are bradley beal for sure um right uh zach levine and right. aaron gordon and they Ooh, all their organizations have all come out and said we're not trading these people does that does that <laughs> okay, actually cool. mean they're not trading? we'll see but no, I mean, I, the, I mean, the thing with, with any player, no player is really unavailable unless they're, like, the franchise. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, and Bradley Beal is our franchise, and he's still probably available. Well, yeah, the, he is the franchise, but, like, <laughs> the Wizards suck. So right. he's not he, – he can't carry – he can't carry all that garbage on his back for that long. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think some other rumor – some other names I wanted to bring up was um john collins out of of atlanta now people who maybe don't watch atlanta that much uh john collins is having another great year he is he's playing really well but the interesting thing is like oh why do they want to get rid of him um because him and trey young seem to have a really good connection he's shoot let's see he's 18 7 and one right now and he's shooting Mm -hmm. 40 from three 55 from the field like he's having a really good year yeah. Um, one, I think his contract is up either this year or the next year, so they might want to try to get recoup some. And I think that this is interesting. Earlier in the season, there were rumors that John Collins wasn't happy with sort of the uh, uh, ball hog play style that Trey likes to do sometimes. You know, the ball is in his hands a lot, and he's great at assisting, but he does shoot a lot, you know? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, that's, that's what I always get called for in 2K as well. It always docks me on my my. <laughs> like player score because i hogged the ball too much so i, <laughs> yeah, I can relate <laughs> um but yeah yeah I, playing at that level you you just it just feels so good about have the ball in your hands you know <laughs> hey did you know john collins from late he's what he's from Leighton, utah i did not know that yeah, a little little tidbit for you a little a little tidbit a little tidbit um <laughs> one of his nicknames is the baptist that's funny (laughs) john the baptist um but no so i think that's a big that's one of the bigger names that at least they haven't said he's not available yet um i think he would he would be great great on some some teams like um what was i I thinking like maybe boston boston needs a rebounder although boston does need some defenders and he's not a great defender but yeah yeah i think he could definitely be up there um another player i was thinking of is uh oh i actually read a bleacher report article that said 
it was saying um, Justin Holiday. He's having a, a really good role player year. And they were saying that he, the Suns might look to get him for like a 3 and D guy. I thought that was a really good pickup. Um, yeah, man. I think those trade rumors are heating up, but it could be a quiet one if those top guys that we were talking about, Bradley Beal, um, Zach Levine, if nobody gets traded, that might be a quiet one actually coming up. Yeah, I just – I don't see – hold on. I, I want to pull up the standings really quick because I just really – I want to – because the thing with like Bradley Beal is like obviously he's becoming like more and more increasingly frustrated. So like it kind of would make sense to trade him a little bit so at least you can get some value out of him. But someone like Zach Levine, for example, I mean, I guess the, well, the, the Bulls thing, the, are yeah, the 10, Bulls are 14. ten and fourteen, and so they're not doing like amazing. And if you get a nice obviously. package for him, hey, hey, uh, you still have Kobe White, you still have Markinen, <laughs> but that's another name actually that's on the trade block, even though he's injured right now, is Laurie yeah. Markinen. Um, and you still have young guys to to build around. But the thing is, that's kind of what the Bulls have been treading water with for the last like five years is these young guys that they're trying to build around, but they haven't really gotten past that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I guess it, it does make sense for all those guys to be on the trading block because they are having great seasons, mm-hmm. but those teams are in the bottom five. Right. Right. So actually, I don't know how Aaron Gordon's doing. I haven't really, I haven't looked him up. I shouldn't say that, but he's doing great. Point but is, the is, magic is, are also 13th right now. Yeah. So that's, and that's exactly what I mean is they're all bottom five teams and you have these guys having breakout seasons. So speaking of the magic Vucevic, yeah. maybe he's on the, on the way out. Uh, he's having a great year, probably one of his best years. He, he just scored a career high the other night. Maybe he's on his way out. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Well, yeah, but one, I, they, one, they, so, They're all just trying to make some moves. Some interesting one I want to bring up, though, is the Raptors. They're in a weird spot. I've seen trade rumors for Kyle Lowry mostly and a little bit for Siakam. They're two biggest guys, right? Yeah. They're number six right now, but they're 12 and 14. So they're kind of in this, this weird thing where they have been playing a lot better lately, but they're kind of, they kind of had to make a decision now if they're going to sort of blow this up or if they're going to go for it. You know, like, do they have enough confidence right. to go for it this year, keep it together, or blow it up? I mean, the only thing with the only thing with Kyle Lowry is like, don't get me wrong, he's he's still a great player. He's just getting older. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's he's a pretty seasoned vet at this point. So, I mean, he's, I could definitely see them trying to maybe make a move with him and grab someone younger. Well, I saw on the Bleacher Report article, I saw maybe him going to the nuggets and i actually kind of love that for both because him on the nuggets they need they need them uh, like having that kind of dog on defense and that leadership and everything pretty young team yeah. that would be nice and uh and the raptors could probably get some of their young guys maybe the um rj hampton maybe a bowl bowl maybe uh uh probably not an, uh, michael porter jr they like him but yeah they could probably get some for, they, for whatever reason they like him <laughs> but I wonder, I wonder if uh, they'd have to give up, like, a Gary Harris, though, or something like that for a Kyle Lowry. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. Like, one of those young, like one of those young starter guys. Because, obviously, obviously, they're not touching Jamal. They're not touching Jokic. But, like, someone maybe, like a Gary Harris. Maybe know? to make the contracts work. Because I think, I think uh, Kyle, cause Kyle's contract is pretty big. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. So, maybe just to... Yeah, maybe throw in... Because um, I, don't, I don't see them giving up a, a Kyle Lowry for... Like some of the guys you met, I mean, like yeah, sure, maybe those guys, like maybe one or two of those guys are included, mm-hmm. but I, 
I mean, for for not even a starter, I don't see them giving that up. Oh, now he... unless unless they want to invest in like, wait, because is is Fred Van Vliet a starter? Or is he still coming off the bench for them? I think he starts. He just got. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So I was gonna say. I mean, Fred Van Vliet can kind of step into that mm-hmm. role that Kyle plays a little bit, but they still need a guy. They still need someone else in the mm-hmm. backcourt. Yeah, and if you get rid of Kyle Lowry, I kind of think Siakam is probably the next one to fall. I don't know. Well, he is younger, so he would he would he would work well with Van Fleet still. But if right. you're giving up on this year, maybe even next year, if you get rid of Kyle Lowry, I don't know. Um, but Kyle Lowry's contract, it's actually it's thirty million, but it's only this is the last year of it. So okay. it's actually it would just be a rental. Yeah. Just be a rental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a rental. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about the standings a little bit. I want to shout some shout yeah. some teams out. Jazz still at number one. They're at, yeah, tw- buddy. They're at 20 and 5. This is the first time they have been 20 and 5 uh, through the first 25 games since the 96-97 season. That's the season that – one of the seasons they went to the uh, finals and lost to Jordan. Yeah. Now, Barkin right there is the Lakers. Clippers have lost a few, but they're still right there. Suns are still at number four. I mean, yeah. here we're going to – the clip, the Suns seem for real, at least for a playoff team right now. Like, Chris Ball seems to just be able to – like, if you if, – I guess the recipe is you get these young guys who are who have been in the league for a minute and they're like – they're kind of, you know, all buying into the same system. You throw Chris Paul in there. And he'll just get them all to play great. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. I mean, who's surprised? I mean, Chris Chris Paul is probably one of the best facilitators to ever do it. Yeah. And now you, you put him on a team with a bunch of young guys who are maybe even looking for a little bit more leadership. Like, mm-hmm. it's great. It's a, it's a great role for him. And honestly, I'm happy for him on the Suns because I feel like, I don't know, I, I just feel like he, he wasn't really where he needed to be the last few years. Mm-hmm. But this one feels like a good fit. Yeah. Now... I want to shout out the Spurs are at number six, man. Even barely missing the playoffs last year. They are at 14 and 11, number six in the West, and they're playing good basketball right now. They just, they're getting a little healthier too. They have some of their main guys out. Um, they might be buyers at this trade deadline. They might be trying to get, I know they're like one of the worst rebounders right now. Like they might be trying to <laughs> fix that hole. So that's interesting. Yeah. Nuggets are right there at number seven, Warriors at number eight. Dude, the problem every year with the West is it's so clogged. Like, I yep. could see, I could see everybody at this point. One through fourteen is still, still, it's still up for grabs. Like, you have the. Th- it's true. Like the Rockets are I mean, at yeah, number thirteen. No, no, it's very true. I mean, the only one who's really like super out of it right now is Minnesota. Yeah. But where the rock i mean even the thunder are only three and a half games thunder, behind the spurs at number six thunder just took the lakers to overtime and i mean they lost both but they took them in two nights in a row they took them to overtime yeah yeah like, they they play hard the rockets are there pelicans have are like four and one the last five games mavericks are trying to turn around kings are trying to turn around grizzlies are right there like man i don't i i can't even tell you out of those you know 10 through 14 I don't even know who's going to make it in the playoffs, if any of them. Yeah. It's tough. It, you know, you're, you're totally on it. You're, the West is always just an insane con- – well, and it's always so – like, it shifts every season, too. Like, I mean, for a while there, it's pretty consistent where it's like, Warriors are number one, mm-hmm. Spurs are, like, up there with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it, it was always like that for pretty consistently. But now to have 
the Jazz at number one, the Suns at four. at four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even even it's, Portland at five is weird. Portland's usually kind of like scraping yeah. by, trying to make a, a bid for the playoffs, and yeah. now they're at number five, sitting in a pretty solid spot. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's even wild. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird one. Um, but over in the East, I mean, 76ers are still number one, even with the loss last night. That's that's pretty. They've been they've been good this year. Uh, Bucks number two. They're starting to turn around. Nets are at number three, but they are since the Harden trade, I believe, the worst defense in the league. So yeah, I think they're not looking. I amazing. think, dude, if the if the Nets could somehow get like a PJ Tucker, ooh, 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 that would ooh. be that would be that nice. was spicy. Yeah, I felt that. I felt that in my my bones. That I was think, a little spicy. I, I mean, they need defense, and he can still shoot. Like that would be perfect for them. Yeah, um, Hornets number seven, man, in the, in the East, they're right there. Low Mello is having a great year. Yeah, man, Mello getting it done. And the Knicks are at number ten, but dude, I, I'm telling you, don't count them out. They they're gonna sneak in at number eight. I'm telling you. Wow, just just like a Knicks fan would say. <laughs> I'm, I'm no fan. Um, but that's what all the Knicks fans say every year, and yeah. it doesn't look great. But no, actually, the Knicks have looked a lot better this year. It's pretty mm-hmm. wild. Um, what's even more wild though is Miami at number nine. I mean, are we are we seeing the manifestation of like the bubble blessing slash curse coming to light here? Um, I don't know because it's like maybe. I mean, the Nuggets are sort of in the middle of the pack right now too, but the Heat have won four in a row and they were injured to start the year. Like they're they're starting to get it. That's true. That's true. So I see. I don't know if it was like circumstantial or if it was. Yeah, they just the injury bug, and now they're getting turning it around. I don't know. Could be. It might be, but I. I don't know. Just interesting. Really interesting to see. Like you know, team. I don't know. It's. I feel like a lot of teams sometimes are just cursed when it comes to, uh, like they make it to the finals or they make it to the World Series, or they make it to the Super Bowl or whatever, and then they just like completely fall off the next. They have year. a great run once, and then they. Yeah. Yeah exactly you know who's always cursed exactly. though is the Cavs. remember how we were talking about them what like last week how they were doing pretty well they're in the middle of the pack in yeah. the east lost five in a row they're sitting at 12 now <laughs> not, not doing, <laughs> oh man they're so consistent not doing great oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, geez i think it's because of their city city edition jerseys they were not great oh this year my either. gosh yeah oh let's talk about that I, for a I second that. let's talk about that for a second so okay you know the heat city edition it was very controversial i would say yes I yes. When I saw them for the first time, I actually, you know, I kind of like them. Uh-huh. But here's I hated them when I first saw them. Here's the thing, though. I I watched they played the Rockets last night, and it was an away game. It was at, in Houston, uh-huh. and they were wearing those jerseys, and it looked Ooh, terrible why? without the court. Why it looked terrible? That's the thing. It only it only slightly works with the court. Like yeah. when I when I when I first saw them in action was at home on the accompanying court and i think i texted you and i was like okay they're not as bad yeah but they're still not great but like i just i just think they leaned way too hard into the whole vice colorway thing because they were just they were so good before Mm -hmm. and it was like yeah but you don't go for the whole jersey like it's just too much going on yeah and the color change is weird i don't know yeah so i i kind of the I'm whole kind gradient of on, thing yeah i'm kind of on board with it being bad now <laughs> it just Boo. like it was bad uh but yeah and then same with the um the oregon or, or um portland's 
Oh uh, yeah, we hated those from they, the beginning. Those are terrible. Well, that's the thing. That is the, the test for me. If a jersey is good, is if I watch it on T. If I watch it on TV, does it look good, right? Yeah. And the cool, yeah. the cool thing about the Portland, at least for me, I'm I'm a big like geography nerd. The cool thing about their jersey we is know. they have a top like a t- topography lines on the jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't even see it on TV. No, of course. So you that's can. the only cool. You, can't, you wouldn't even be able to see it on the court either, or like if you saw it in, in person, yeah. unless you were courtside. Yeah. So the only the only cool part about that jersey is that, and now it's just a brown jersey, and it doesn't look yeah. good. Brown, thing, brown jerseys the, are not good usually. No, the thing about like city edition jerseys or these you know alternate jerseys is they have to be like subtle enough that they're not the Miami you know the Miami ones but they also have to be a little loud enough that they're not the blazer like that's like those are the the two bookends mm-hmm. of, the, of the spectrum mm-hmm. when it comes now, to these city edition jerseys should we say i think i liked it when they were announced but i think it's the best now that if you add the court especially is the nets the net city with the court oh the nets is actually pretty great the like, nets, the... it was it was weird and it was different but i was kind of here for it but yeah add the court they're fantastic it's so good i love the complimentary of that um but... and i think the suns are still one of my favorites those are nice um, those have grown on me i, I was i, I like them but they're really nice yeah i still don't know how i feel about the bucks though the the like powder i don't blue like them jerseys same with the same with the blue rockets ones i don't like it Oh, I hate the Rockets ones. That one was kind of garbage from the beginning. Yeah. Like they just they didn't do enough with the whole like homage to the the Oilers or whatever with yeah. that one. The uh, like MLK jerseys like for Atlanta and the Chicago one. Like oh. the thing with them is like they were subtle enough but good looking enough yeah. that it was like okay, like I buy. It. I mean, they weren't anything like super crazy out there special, kind of like the Nets, but they also weren't dull like the like the Blazers. The ML- so, I don't know the it's- MLK of the Hawks plus the court. They have the, uh, Ooh, the stained yeah. glass uh, logo yeah. in the middle. Oh, yeah. that looks so nice. Yeah, no, yeah. they the Hawks really did it did it did it justice with that one mm-hmm. and. I still don't know how I feel about the the jazz this time. Like I do like the sunset thing. Like that, you know, that one kind of grew on me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how I felt about that when they first introduced that alternate look. But the how dark it is with like the black now. I don't know how I feel mm-hmm. about that still. Well, I wanted to bring to talk about sunsets. Let's bring it back to the suns. Um, yes. Now, <laughs> I like the because the suns the valley. It's it's called it says the valley and it's all black but then it's like a sunrise with you know some pixelated mountains right and right. and they had some interesting colors in there but dude honestly I kind of I was driving down this highway here in Arizona uh, the other day and it was sunset and everything bro it looked exactly like the jersey and I was like okay <laughs> that okay oh now I get it now I get it yeah that's exact that is spot on wow. Um, yeah, I, I really liked the uh, kind of the pixelated look, too. I don't know mm-hmm. why, but that was just like a nice little nice little add in well, there. And I think I was on the fence about that at first, but no, I, I like them now. They look nice. They look really nice. Yeah. Um, I think let's let's move on to some MLB news, Connor. We would be remiss to talk about it if, before we end. So, yeah, man, changes yeah. to the minor well, league baseball structure. What's going on with minor league, Connor? Well, we, I think we kind of talked about this before, and I've – because I, I tra- just you know transitioned like last year out of baseball, I've been around all of this for like two years now. But basically, they had been talking about getting rid of a bunch of teams, right? It was a bunch of low-level teams that they were trying to like, I don't know, basically like 
unload some money it seemed like that's what it kind of kept coming back to is the owners were trying to save money Mm -hmm. because then they didn't have they didn't have some of these like low level affiliates to worry about right and at first i was like well that's garbage like it just doesn't make any sense and kind of being you know being a part of one of those low level teams because i was i was a part of the pioneer league which is one of the the leagues that basically got dropped from officially being like a minor league affiliate or whatever it is mm-hmm. i'm trying to i'm trying to see what it's considered now because they mentioned in this article that like leagues like the new york pen league the pioneer league um they lost its affiliated status but became an independent partner league so they're still like associated with the mlb but they're not directly considered an linked, affiliate status oh. exactly hmm. yeah and i don't i don't know all the details now how mm-hmm. that's going to work or play out um but another like low level league like a rookie or like a whatever you want to call it um was con- like the Appalachian League that was converted into a college summer circuit instead oh, of um uh, instead of becoming that independent partner league or whatever so yeah pretty interesting that that's all going down um what's what's the most interesting though is it uh what this article pointed out was that the MLB ended the professional baseball agreement that governed the relationship between the majors and minors and now the minors are being run from MLB's office in New York under the supervision of Peter Woodfork um MLB's new senior vice president of minor league operations and development so kind of interesting that they're completely moving the offices for minor league baseball and they're all moving into like the same area. I don't know. So kind of it's a, just wait, so if I'm if I'm getting this right, so what's changing is MLB they're moving the offices to kind of absorb it into the main MLB offices. So yes. So I guess yes. the implications and would be, you know, cl- working even more closely together hopefully. I think so, yeah. but the what's just kind of the weirdness of it though is the MLB and MILB have always been very separate. And now what it seems like is the MLB is trying to take more control. So mm. don't know how I really feel about that necessarily. That, but what I – go ahead. Oh, I was just going to make a joke because you don't know how you feel because the MLB is run so poorly by Manfred right now. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, that's part of it. But also, I don't know. It was just always nice to kind of have like those separate entities where one didn't have more control than the other, you know, kind of mm-hmm. had that, like, those checks and balances in a way. But uh, the other part of this that I really like is that salaries for minor league players are now increasing. So what it was before was like the rookie level, like what I was working in, they were only making it, I think this says weekly minimum. So a weekly minimum was $290. So they would get, they would get paid per game. Oh, yeah, per a game. week. Well, how many? Well, no, 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 no. That was a week. So they would play like they, they would get paid per game, but the average was $290 a week. Dang, man. That's like, yeah, no, minor minor league players make less than minimum wage. Like the minor league players don't make anything. Like if if minor league players have money, it's from a signing bonus. Yeah. That's it. Cuz otherwise they're making below minimum wage. And there was actually a big lawsuit a while ago from a guy that was trying to sue minor league baseball because they're making less than minimum wage, but he lost because they deemed something about it being sports entertainment does not fall under the same like labor laws as everywhere else it was pretty wild Mm. but anyway point is is that now they're making like almost double what they were making before a week per game all that stuff at each level there there it's like a a, a huge increase so for that reason i was actually pretty excited because to me it's just making it a better environment for the players and a little bit more of a sustainable career path to to a degree because also, 
I was was I was that my first season or second season? I think it might have been my second season with the Owls that was uh Kyler Murray getting drafted, but that was also right when Kyler Murray it was oh, he already signed with the A's, but he promised to go play his senior season at Oklahoma. So it was like, oh, will he go to the NFL now? Will he go to the MLB? Like no one knows. And then he chose NFL, and I was surprised cuz I was like, yo, I mean, he was guaranteed a spot on the A, you know, or not guaranteed a spot, but like he already he already was signed by them and drafted by or whatever it was. And uh, it was, like, ready to go. And then one of the players I was talking to was like, yeah, but here's the thing. He goes to the NFL, and he's a top draft prospect. He is guaranteed to play at the highest level of that sport right off the bat, where if he decided to go with baseball, you have to slog it out in the minors for a sometimes minimum of four years before you get to the majors. And I was like, that's a good point. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe he maybe he doesn't pan out. Maybe he never makes it to the show. Yeah, for it what happens. there's a million possibilities in those four maybe years, right? Exactly. That, that could happen. Exactly. Yep. So I don't know. It was an interesting point and it made a lot of sense. And so mm-hmm. um anyway, but point being is now with the with the wages increase, I'm excited for young players who are trying to go down the career path just because now it's a little bit more viable for them to go and at least they can yeah. like have a little bit more of a livable wage and it makes things a little bit better for them rather than like, okay, I, I practice day in and day out. I play every single day. I barely get any breaks. And now on top of that, I'm just making no money. Like, why am mm-hmm. I here? Yeah, I mean, that just shows the commitment of some of these players, right? <laughs> it, yeah, it really does. It's, it's... Especially, especially the players who don't, Aren't, especially the players who aren't like a top prospect and don't get that crazy signing bonus. Cause you had guys like I, I got to look at some of the signing bonuses. I mean, you had guys who, even though they got moved, even though they got moved up to like, you know, single a ball or double a ball while I was there, their signing bonus was like 10,000, 20,000. You had other guys who were top prospects. I mean, they had 3 million, 6 million, 8 million, like, it was nutty, and you could you could yeah. definitely tell the guys that had a big signing bonus because they were you know pulling up in nice cars <laughs> and they were going out to eat every day. And then the guys that didn't were like eating PB and J in the clubhouse that I provided for them. They're coming from their McDonald's job to play baseball. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty much, dude. I mean, they would technically make more at McDonald's. Yeah, exactly. They probably would. Um, but that's awesome. So, I mean, it's good for yeah. them. Always, always good to see you know players getting their money, getting the bag. Um, yeah. On the on the flip side of that, kind of kind of sad for some of those areas though that no longer have a team, or at least the yeah. team is like even like an even lower level. Because it was really fun to have you know a top prospect, or even a lot of times there was guys from the majors that they would send to the lower level, like the minor leagues, to if they got injured to go like get some get some reps in and play in a game. Mm-hmm. So like for example, my, my second season with the with the Owls. Um, <clears throat> Andrelton uh Simmons came through because the uh basically every other it just it was like a perfect storm where every other minor league team was on the road and so they sent him to Orem, Utah. <laughs> so he could play with the rookie level team. Good old Orem. Yeah. Um but that that's some good news. I guess I guess also with them breaking the relationship with some of those leagues with the changes I, does that mean the changes that come into some of those salaries, but that doesn't now those leagues like the Pioneer League don't don't get those benefits now that you know their their salary isn't getting getting increased? 
Yeah, honestly, I don't know how all that's going to work, mm. and that, I want to do some more investigation on how it will. But to me, yeah, it seems like, like fr- that is that would be the case. They're getting rid of some leagues, getting rid of some teams, and then now they can. Yeah. Now they can. No, I think that I think that is the case, and I'm I'm curious too because like for the longest time, I mean for 15 plus years, I believe the Owls were a an Angels affiliate. So now is it? Are they still an affiliate for a team? I don't think so. So now, but they are a um, MLB partner. So I'm I'm thinking what it is is that it'll be players who are, I mean, I don't know, top prospects, whatever it may be, that come to this team and play and have the chance to get signed by a major league team. You it's know kind of like because they still have that connection. It's I would say maybe it's kind of it's literally I guess literally it is, but it's like a different league now. So, but yeah. then they can go and look at prospects in this league, and any team can sign them. You know, exactly. but now they still like, have film. It's basically like a G league. It's basically like a G league if they didn't have like a team associated with them. Right, right. It's kind of another another in between between college and yeah, and, and even the minors. Actually, you know what's a you know what's a better you know better association is like it's like playing overseas, but you're not overseas. Or like in soccer, how they have so many different clubs, like they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Interesting, but some not so great news, in my opinion, coming out of the real MLB. Um, so here's a quote from, uh, according to Eno Saris and Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic, Major League Baseball will reportedly tweak the baseballs used this season in an effort to curb home run rates. The ball's construction will change slightly, and five more teams are adding humidors for ball storage, all part of MLBs to reduce the wild recent year-to-year swings in home run rates league-wide. Uh, why? <laughs> I feel like this. Well, I feel like every couple weeks, I'm asking why is the MLB doing this? Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because that's what everyone likes to see. Everyone wants to see home right. runs and wants to see like shattered records and see a, you know Mike Trout hit the ball out of the stadium. Listen, but... baseball is boring. Okay, home runs are exciting. <laughs> I mean, it, you shut your dirty whore mouth. It, let's get down to it, man. It's true. <laughs> like that is what the casual fan wants to see, right? No, it's true. It is true. That 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 is the problem. Is for a casual fan, baseball is boring mm-hmm. because it's yeah it's not as exciting it's not as high impact as mm-hmm. the nfl it's not as fast paced as the as the nba mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it is kind of weird but the on on the other on the other hand i i did think it was interesting because once this came out i saw a few pitchers tweeting about it uh calling out the fact that oh yeah and everyone called us crazy when we claimed that they were juicing balls because that's essentially what this is, is saying is that they're almost like admitting to juicing balls, and now they're saying, "Uh, we're gonna go back to the <laughs> way they were. We're gonna dejuice these balls." Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna jerk off these balls, get some come out of there. Is that what uh, is that what Caitlin has to do when you get all? <laughs> yeah, when I get all riled up, dejuice these balls. Yeah, you're getting a little frustrated, and she's like, "Do I need to do I need to juice them?" And you're like, "Yeah, I'm throwing my controllers after I get frustrated at." Fortnite. <laughs> so here, here he goes. Getting mad about nothing. Here we again. go again. Here we go again. Another juicing coming. <laughs> yeah, it's a MLB stance, huh? No, I don't. Yeah, is there? So I guess, uh, is there a car- counter argument that I'm not seeing, Connor? Because I'm pretty casual when it comes to most of the MLB. Like, I don't. To, so to my to my point of view, it's like, well, why do we want to reduce home runs? That's that's why a lot of people are watching. So I mean, can you think of an art? I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe just to 
maybe to make it somewhat of a more like pitcher friendly mm-hmm. environment to a degree. I don't know, but um, yeah, as as far as like for because the the thing that they've been trying to experiment too with the game lately is the pace and trying to make it more exciting. So I know at one point, I don't even know where this went, but they introduced a pitch clock. They introduced that into the, to the minor league system at one point. I remember they were doing it at the AAA level for a little bit. Uh, yeah. I think, I think we I went heard to about a, that. A, we went to a Salt Lake bees game and they had a pitch clock. So they were, they were trying to like increase the pace of the game a little bit. Uh, but I don't think that really went anywhere because it didn't do too much mm-hmm. for the pace of the game. Um, but yeah, in terms of, excitement things like that you're kind of going the in the opposite direction there yeah you know reduce home runs (laughs) yeah now in terms of i don't know possibly making things a little more exciting because maybe the pitchers are a little more confident now because they don't think they're just going to get you know smacked out of the yard Mm -hmm. uh because they're because they know the balls are juiced or whatever and now they're going back to the way the balls used to be according to some of the pitchers yeah uh yeah i don't know well Maybe, maybe that's the good news about it and that's the thing i do call myself a casual fan but I also, I personally, like, I do enjoy a pitching battle. Like, I can enjoy that, you know? So, yeah, so yeah maybe I'm I'm adjacent to a casual fan. <laughs> like, I like I don't just like home runs. So, but maybe that will increase that a little bit, give them a little more confidence. You know, I love right. seeing, I, right. dude, I love watching Max Serger's, his pitching movement, like how much he can get. Like, that, that is fun. So, Maybe, maybe it's there. Maybe we're overreacting. Maybe it's not even going to change that much. Who knows? It uh, might not. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, the way that these guys are trained and built now is just so mm-hmm. insane that, like, I mean, balls just don't even stay in the yard anymore. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but if if Vladdy Jr. is hitting them, like, 500 feet, I don't. I don't think reducing the balls where he's going to hit them now like four seventy. It's not going to change much. Well, that's interesting because I I have noticed that the the length, the travel of the ball seems to have gone up in recent years. I don't know if this is true. This is what I've I've kind of observed. And then on the flip side, I haven't. I don't know, but I don't really think that have the home run numbers gone up or is it just. Yeah, no, home run records yeah, have been they shattered been. like year after year. Yeah, and well, and so you talking about the the tra- the travel? That's the whole argument is from the pitchers is that they were like these balls are definitely juiced, like they don't feel the same as they mm-hmm. used to. But no one admitted it to, admitted to it, and then them coming out and saying we're gonna play with the construct to re- to curb home run rates. That's almost like them admitting it without admitting it. Yeah. So maybe they just framed it wrong in my mind because curve home run rates. No, no, no. Like, yeah, you, you, to your point and to the whole argument against um, steroids like that we made is that Barry Bonds is still going to hit this home run whether he's steroids or not. It's like it's exactly. kind of just like how he, how far he's going to – is he going to go out uh, outside the park or is it going to stay in? Yeah. Is it going into the bay this time? Yeah. Is it not? Yeah. Who knows? Is this kayaker <laughs> going to get it? We don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I – yeah, like I said, maybe maybe I'm overreacting a bit. <laughs> like when I first saw the headline, I was like, "No, we need more home runs." But like, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's gonna, just gonna be a slight change. Um, yeah. But Connor, yeah, let's get into some entertainment news. Um, I uh, this we always go back to Reddit, right? Um, I saw a Reddit post on r slash shitty uh, Reddit shitty movie details, and. <laughs> It was saying that one of the best subreddits, by the way. It is. It is pretty great. 
Yeah, I found I saw a post that said uh, it has a picture of little Annie, little Anakin Skywalker from uh, Phantom Menace. When you said little Annie, my uh, immediate thought went to, uh, you know, like 12 a.m. back in the day, like animal crackers in my soup, like that whole like the anniversary edition of Annie. No, just me. Okay. Yeah, anyway, moving on. I, I think it was just you. <laughs> i can't be the only one <laughs> did not go there at all uh really yeah yeah uh, no not at all <laughs> you didn't you don't have those ads though at like 12 in the morning or one in the morning if you're like no, watching tv i know who's this ad who's this serving i know what you're talking about but i just i didn't even think about it until you brought it up <laughs> all right yeah sorry we said little annie at first i was like uh red hair like red curly hair oh oh yeah Anakin. oh okay, okay. Yeah, well. I'm, I'm on the same page now <laughs> okay so this post says in the star wars movie the phantom menace uh it is revealed anakin skywalker is child slave this is an iphone and nike easter egg that they exist in the star wars universe uh yeah <laughs> love me some uh love me some shitty movie details uh, anyway, let's get in some real, real entertainment news. The Falcon and Winter Soldier series is coming out pretty soon, right? Yeah, next uh, next month. Yeah. I think it's almost like a month. I, think, they, I think it's. I think it was March thirteenth. Just started releasing trailers for it, right? Yeah, yeah. So the the big one was they did like the first teaser trailer during the Super Bowl, and then mm-hmm. they had the full trailer like on disney plus or on the mm-hmm. website or whatever you which is pretty cool because i mean that lines up doesn't wandavision end right before and then that starts probably i don't know mm-hmm. but wandavision's getting pretty good right now so uh, that's also i good. need to watch it i haven't i haven't watched it yet so I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now you have to get through the first like three-ish episodes mm-hmm. for it to start getting really good interesting it's gonna be it's gonna be weird like the yeah. first like two episodes i've heard it's really good though so i'm excited it is it gets it gets really good you just, it's it's a build-up though all right well i'll i'll try to catch up and maybe we can have a, a season recap when it's done yes um yes 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 yeah but yeah the falcon and winter soldier i mean they're awesome i i'm actually pretty excited can't remember if i talked about it last time but um yeah i thought this was a movie <laughs> at first and so i'll find out yeah. it's a it's a limited series a little series that, that's pretty cool I feel like I'm excited. I, I'm just excited because from the trailers, at least so far, it looks like basically they're like mini Captain America movies. Like they they really put in like a like a great budget for them, and uh, I'm just I'm excited about that because the Captain America movies are like some of my favorite from the MCU. Yeah, and and I think I mean that's kind of how the industry has shifted. But I like in in most part for the most part I like the series. I like the epi- episodic a way of intaking uh, entertainment yes. more yep. these days. I feel like I like the Mandalorian, they can fit more in in eight episodes than they could in one movie or two movies. You know, I feel like there's more. Exactly. It's, it's better that way. So it, for yeah. most and cases, that's, that's, that's actually not every case, but I think we talked, I, I think we talked about this or maybe this might've gotten cut out. Cause I think this is when we had varsity Connor on and that, and that audio got cut out at the oh, end. Yeah. But um, that's like the reason for the Obi-Wan being a, a mini series rather than being a movie because I guess Solo did so poorly yeah. that they decided, okay, we need to do this more justice, so let's put it into a TV series so we have a lot more to work with. Which is good, which is a good sign, and for all the reasons I stated, like I feel like more can get in there. Like, yeah, like, yeah if uh, Game of Thrones was a series of movies, I, you know, you wouldn't have the same <laughs> at all. You wouldn't have the same level no, of detail. No. 
Um, not even close. Like I think I bet Game of Thrones would have gone down in history as some of the worst movies if they tried to squeeze them into movies. Yeah. Like they, like they did with like Lord of the Rings, for example. Which I mean, Lord of the Rings should have been squeezed into movies because there's so much fluff well, in those books that it's hard to get through. But also, didn't now this? I heard this probably I don't know a year and a half ago, and so and I haven't checked it on on it. But didn't Amazon buy the rights to Lord of the Rings at least a? And so there was like some rumors that they were going to make a Game of Thrones style series for Lord of the Rings. I don't know, but if those are true, yeah, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to dive deep it. into that because that would be awesome. Please, please follow up on that. Yeah. The thing I'm really excited about, as someone who you also just recently did this, but I'm rewatching all the Star Wars movies right now, mm-hmm. and I just got through Revenge of the Sith. I am so excited for the Obi Wan series. Like, yeah, so excited. That's sick. Well, yeah, I I just finished. Me and Caitlin been rewatching, or I've been rewatching. Caitlin's been watching uh, the whole, you know, Star Wars. Uh, uh, catalog um, and we we finished all the episodes um, and we we finished the season one of Mandalorian and then we just barely re, we just barely watched Han Solo and Rogue One and dude I gotta say man Rogue One I, I even though I've seen it before man that was just it's so good <laughs> it was, Rogue One is one of the best Star Wars movies out there it is so good and I then will say the it. ending the ending is amazing and especially yep. when Vader gets on the ship and he's mowing down rebellion scum and he just, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. it's such a good ending. Well, and okay, so again from rewatching the movies, the way I rewatch them is I rewatch them in the in the order they were released usually. So I, I always watch like the originally original trilogy first, mm-hmm. then go into the prequels and then into the sequel trilogy. But uh, rewatching the original trilogy, there's actually so much in just that they they like mention little things here and there that they could make into into little movies like they did with Rogue One like cuz with Rogue One it was like oh a lot of people died getting us this information okay let's make a whole movie out yeah of it. yeah and then there, i can't i i I, want, I wish i would have wrote, written it down but there was something else leia i think mentioned in empire strikes back that she was like well we had some spies some, it was like such and such spies who were able to obtain this information. I'm like, what, where's the movie about that? Let's have a movie about the spies. <laughs> yeah. And actually, that also, leads me into, that also leads me into um, where Obi-Wan, the Obi-Wan series is about the time between, uh, like after Revenge of the Sith and before A New Hope and mm-hmm. like what Obi-Wan was doing in that time period or whatever. Well, now I, I, after rewatching the the prequels, I'm thinking about there's also uh, this would be a lot harder to do, but they have where uh, they have where Phantom Menace ends and Attack of the Clones starts. That's a ten year gap. Where's that? I want to see that. Yeah. Even even if that's an even if that's an animated series, I would watch that. I think that might flourish as an animated. Speaking of animated, the um, Attack of the Clones or the Clone Wars animated series. Have you started it yet, Connor? Well, okay, I've started it before. Mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't gotten back into it. Man. That's what I need to do. I need to commit yeah. myself. And it's it's I mean, we've talked about it. I don't again, I don't remember if that got cut out with Varsity Connor, but um, you know, he and a lot of things that I've seen about it is it's it, it turns into one of the one of the best series as far as one of the best like storylines as, as far as the star Wars goes. Um, but you kind of get, got to get past cause I'm in the middle of the first season and it's good. It's a little kiddish sometimes. Obviously it's an animated, it was on what Nickelodeon or cartoon network, right? It was on cartoon network. Yeah. yeah. So obviously it's going to be a little kiddish, but then I'm excited to see cause everything I've heard it's, it turns into such an amazing series. So 
Yeah. It, it does get better. And that's the thing is I started at season one and then I think I actually skipped season two. I can't remember, but I remember Michelle had already watched through it. So she was just like, here, just start here. And she, I think we started at like season three and it actually was a lot better yeah. at that point. But hey, I, I got a shout out to Caitlin, man. She, I pretty much indoctrinated her into the Star Wars universe. And, <laughs> and it's been great to, yeah, like she's totally into it. Like we're talking about like theories and conspiracies about it and stuff. It, it's been fun. Um, or cosplaying like it's it's great <laughs> yeah gotta get that uh leia slave outfit you know what i'm saying um <laughs> for me it's for me connor oh well yeah i mean caitlin's clearly more of a boba fett <laughs> yeah 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 she's gonna play boba fett and i'll be the slave leia <laughs> <laughs> so it works um but we can spend we that was a little tangible we could spend way too much time on star wars let's let's get back to what oh, we actually easily. wanted to talk about uh, is Tom Holland actually came out and said that Tobey Maguire, despite early reports, Tobey Maguire and Gar- and Andrew Garfield are actually not going to be in the next Spider-Man movie. Now, yeah. So go ahead. Sorry, you go ahead. You go ahead. Okay, I was just gonna say, is this just him trying to throw people off the scent? Man, I don't know, because that's the thing. Is <laughs> here? Here's the issue he's I con- have. Contractually, is, so, a, uh, a, a, no, wait, I'm saying that wrong. He he has to, based on his contract, like he can't disclose anything, so he has to deny it. Yeah. Maybe, but okay, let me let me get into this a little bit. So so Tom Holland just did like an expose with Esquire. He was like, I think he might have been on the cover of Esquire. I don't know, but he just did Esquire. this Isn't whole that a big tablet? like Esquire. No, oh, okay. it's like a fashion magazine or like entertainment magazine I think, oh anyway. maybe i think of the um, inquirer i think that's a tabloid yeah you're thinking of the inquirer <laughs> okay the national inquirer okay yeah uh, that's a tabloid no esquire is a very serious publication okay <laughs> um i mean as serious as you can get talking about like entertainment stuff right. but anyway so he just did like a whole expose with them and he, he was asked about that and he said no like confirmed toby mcguire and Andrew garfield are not coming back and what he's and here's the thing though is Tom Holland is known for being like way too honest in interviews, and so oh. he was like, "That's a he's like that's a really big uh, secret to to like keep from even me if that actually is the case." And the so the, <laughs> the other the, side the of that studio though, knows is, that he's too honest, so they don't tell him. Well, okay, that's what I was about to say. So the other part of that, though, is Tom Holland also has a reputation, along with Mark Ruffalo, within the MCU actors, for leaking too much stuff. Because they, they're too, they're they the worst ones about accidentally giving stuff away. Yeah. And so, because they, they, I don't know, maybe it's just because they're, they're both extroverts, so they just, like, speak before they think type of thing. Yeah. But anyway, point is, is that it... that's why there's so much wrapped around in this statement where it's like well they could be keeping the secret from you so you don't (laughs) leak it but it also could be you know he's he's on the money where it's like that would be a pretty big thing to keep from the leading actor yeah yeah so So, who do we trust here i don't know man trust these these rumors or do we trust tom holland I don't know, because, I mean, the other part of that is where did the rumors come from? I don't know. I didn't do enough yeah. digging on that one, so. That's true. I kind of hope I kind of hope they are involved, though. That'd be fun. I do, too. I mean, it'd be really cool to have a, I mean, I don't want to say live-action Spider-Verse, because that's not what it is, mm-hmm. but introducing the Spider-Verse, like, into the MCU, that whole theory. Mm-hmm. I mean, incredible. But it'd be incredible. there is the chance that, and bringing it back to Star Wars, uh, and I don't know if we, if this got cut out, can't remember, but we talked about how, especially, um, sort of episode seven 
relied a lot on this, this the nostalgic feeling. I feel like yes. watching the Han Solo movie, that was a little bit too much relying on the, oh, it was nostalgia, right? Like, oh, it's them. <laughs> I feel like that did. Yeah, yeah, to an extent. Yeah, it yeah. Did. so, um, so that, that could be a detriment, to their detriment, if they overly use that with those two guys. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, okay, to be to be fair to Han Solo, that like the Solo movie, though, mm-hmm. you kind of have to do that because it's literally an origin story, right? Yeah, that is fair. So you so you kind of have to throw that stuff mm-hmm. in there because it's like well it's how it's how Han Solo became Han Solo mm-hmm. so you you have to like be like having nostalgia leading that a little bit but yeah when it came to Episode Seven it was just like hey it's a new hope but mm-hmm. bigger and better mm-hmm. yeah that's true well I'll I'll definitely have to catch up on um, WandaVision like I said heard heard really good things about that. Um, and I will finally commit to Clone Wars. <laughs> I, I need to recommit. I, I think I took like a two week. No, I think <laughs> I took like a week off, man. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's going to do it for this week's episode, guys. Um, we might not have an episode next week, unfortunately. We're doing some uh, – I am I'm visiting family in Idaho. But uh, I have a child now. Ugh. Ugh. What? No. Uh, no, Connor, <laughs> he's great. Uh, <laughs> how dare you <laughs> uh but yeah uh connor where can they follow you on social media uh you follow me on instagram moco.cued um if you don't know already and just be sure to follow us at two tight ends uh social medias that's at two tight ends the number two um facebook instagram twitter and youtube so yeah, yeah you can go follow us there we'll be posting content there as much as we can yeah we'll try to get a few more clips up there this week to uh to feed the masses while we're gone you guys can go follow me at the thrill can kill five on instagram but connor what did we learn today well neil if there's anything we've learned it's that you and chad wheeler are boys because if you don't get your balls juiced then bad things happen (laughs) oh my god Uh, Well, I hope these comparisons don't stick, but that's going to do it for (laughs) this week, guys. Uh, Have a good week. See ya.